You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. you bring your Bible? Lift your Bible and let me see. Lift your Bible and let me see. Okay. All right. If they don't have a Bible, tell them, I feel sorry for you. Oh, please tell them like you mean it. Oh, tell them, tell them, tell them like you mean it. Tell them like you mean it. Tell them I feel sorry for you. Uh, Oh, seriously, but I feel sorry for you. (laughs) Listen to me. Don't ever come to church without carrying your Bible. Some of you, if you're holding your iPad, it's your Bible. I think that can be allowed a little bit. But the phones... The phones, they are very distractive. They are very, and we are talking about focus. Yeah. Because you realize that you're picking a verse, and all of a sudden, a text drops. Are you getting the point? Yeah. Okay? Yes, a text will drop, or somebody will be calling, and then you now have to cut it cut, and then they call, cut, and then they call. Then the verse, you lose the word. You lose the word. All right, so please make sure anytime you're coming to church, you come with your Bible. Praise God. Are you understanding me? Yes. If it is not for my PowerPoint, I'm telling you now I have decided I would have, I would have brought a Bible. Yeah. Because it's better. Seriously, it is. Because what we are talking about today, our season of focus, there are so many things looking for our attention. So many things seeking for our attention. And if you are a believer, your most treasure is the word of God. If there's something you must treasure most, is the word of God. If there's anything you treasure above the word of God, you are doomed. I'm telling you, it's a fact. If you have woken up today and you have not read your word for the day, I don't know what you're living for. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. Listen to me. It's, it's time because the only way we can make a difference in our world is when we are people of the word. You can't make a difference without the word. So, get this into your spirit. And how much word you have in your spirit tell how much, tells how much victory you conquer. Listen, they can take away your money. They can take away everything you have, but they can't take the word in your spirit. I'm telling you. If you see any man going through adversity and they don't hang themselves, the richest men, the richest women hang themselves in times of adversity because they don't have the word in their spirit. What takes a man out is the word. What sustains a man is the word. Because it is the word that created all things. So please, make sure that you always have the word in your spirit. Get something. Put it right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So you feel lack. And you tell yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He leads me besides still waters. My soul is restored. It should be your practices. Practice it. Rehearse it. Let it be your lifestyle. That's how you conquer. Our seizing of focus. Now, what's the definition of focus? The center of interest or activity. The center of interest or activity. What's the definition of focus? Everybody say go. Oh, say it like you mean it. All right, so anything you put in the center of your interest within an activity, an event, your life is an event. Is that right? <laughs> Whatever you put in the center of it takes your focus. 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 All right. Wrong focus. Committed to one thing instead of another. Somebody say wrong focus. Is committing to one thing instead of another. So when you commit to something, for which you are not supposed to commit to. And that becomes your priority. You have a wrong focus. You have a wrong focus. There are others too who don't have wrong focus. They don't have focus at all. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I thought that people have a wrong focus. There's nobody on this earth that doesn't have focus. Because I thought that by all means they'll be focusing on something. But I met somebody and I realized there are people who don't have focus. What it means is that they can't focus on anything. So today they put their heart, their eyes here. By the time you turn, they are here. They are there. And how did I get to know? I asked a young man, what best do you think you can do in life? What, what is your gift? What's your talent? He said, I don't have one. I was shocked. I said, oh, have you searched through? Have you? He said, I don't have one. So, such a person can, can never have focus. Can never have focus. But I'm, I'm going to teach you something, and I pray that you run with it. And if you're able to put your focus where you need to put it, Nothing can take you down. And what seems to maybe feel like taking you down will take you up. Uh, because your focus is at the right place. Luke chapter 9. This is an account Luke spoke regarding Jesus. Let's all read it. Go. Now it came to pass. When the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And, they, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare 
for him. Now, now watch this. To be received up. Is that right? What is he talking about? Hmm? Ascension. Okay. Which of the ascensions? Praise God. That's why you love scripture. Because the word of God is sweet. It's talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. It's not going down. He's going up. It is the reason why he came. And when he died, I'm sure everybody thought that he's gone down. But no. When the time had come for him to be received up. Because after he resurrected, he had to go up. To finish the deal for you and I. Before he came down again. Oh, praise the Lord. Be before he went. <laughs> Finally. So the ascension of Jesus was twice. And it's going to come back the third time. Are you here with me? That's why it, to, to be received up. He said, listen, when it was this time that he steadfastly set his face. Somebody say focus. What did he do? He set what? His face. So when a person sets their face, it is a posture that talks about they setting their hearts, their commitment, their priority to something. So he set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Get this. He was going to Jerusalem. But the, 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 the disciples didn't have understanding. Look at the next verse. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Oh, hello. So Jesus had focus. As a matter of fact, I read in John chapter 2 his first miracle. Can you believe it? When the mother called, he said, well, come and do some miracle. He said, my hour when you come. In other words, this is not my focus now. So Jesus was not a man that just was walking around and doing stuff. At every point in time, he had where his focus was. Oh, are you here with me? Get this right. Tell the next person, I'm a man and woman of focus. Oh, no, no. If you're a woman, say woman. Don't say a man. How can you be a man and a woman? Oh. All right. Okay, give me the next. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Because they were expecting that the people would prepare for Jesus. And they didn't do that. And so it's like, Charlie, finish them. Look at what Jesus said. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So some of you who pray certain prayers to destroy men's life. You don't have focus. 
He said, that's not, that's not, that's not why he came. Are you here with me? Okay, but let me go to what exactly this means. Jesus was set to go to Jerusalem. He had already done a lot of work in Samaria. This is not the time to go to Samaria. Now, he's set for Jerusalem. And he's not looking at any other thing apart from going to Jerusalem. So even their report of what anybody else is doing, he doesn't even care about it. All he wants to do is to go where he has set to go. That is focus. At a certain age in life, there are certain things you don't care about. Your interest change. Your focus change. At certain points in your vision, there are certain things you do. There are certain things you stop doing. It's called focus. Oh, we remember Jesus going to Samaria. He sat by the well. Spoke into the life of the woman. She went and called people and they came. And he evangelized. Is that right? But this time, it's not for that. This time, he's set to go and do something else. And nothing is going to stop him from doing that. In life, you must know where you are and focus. Are you here with me? You don't do the same thing. As you are 17 years, what you do? You are 35 years, you are doing the same thing. You don't have focus. There are stages of life, there are stages of visions, there are stages of, stages of aspirations. Everything, and there's a time to focus on something and decide this is what I'm doing, and you make sure you do it. Look at what Jesus said. Luke 9.62. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Look at what the, <laughs> the living Bible says. Let's all read what the living Bible says. Go. So at every point in time as a believer, there is a work planned for you. I'll come to it. Your life is not your own. The moment you committed to Christ, you must understand that he brought you here for a purpose. And at every point in time, there is a plan and a purpose for you. And he says, if you let yourself be distracted from the work that he has planned for you, you are not fit. You are not fit. You are not fit. You are not fit. Oh, are you here with me? So the point is that I must know the season in which I am, and the work that he has planned for me. I must understand the way of the spirit. I don't just go with every flow. Are you here with me? If you're an individual, you must know. If you're a church, you must know. If you're an organization, you must know. You must know. So you don't just follow everything. You see, sometimes we believers don't understand ourselves. Because we don't know who has called us. And we don't see ourselves in the light of him. 
May there be a release. Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work I planned for him is not fit for the kingdom. So then it means that when there is a plan for you, there will be distractions. When there is something that you must focus on, there are things that will take your attention. There are stuff that will definitely come to take your attention, but you must not allow. Oh, hello. Say, I will not allow. So, it's not like God will just say that, no, ah, because this is what I have for him, I will not allow any other thing to compete. That is where the will of God by choice comes in. That is the test of you knowing that this is the plan he has for me and I want to follow. Oh, you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? It was difficult, but he knew the focus. He knew the plan. He knew he had to go to the cross. He could not die any other way. The death he was to die was so cruel. The death he was to die was so painful. But he said, Father, if it be your will, I can die any other way. But because of focus, I am not permitted to die any other way. I can have competing forms of death or competing forms of executing this thing, but there is a way you want it done. I can take it. I want to do it. But I need your grace to do it that way. Oh, praise the Lord. So he did not pray to change the focus. He, changed, he prayed to receive grace. So Bible said the angels came to what? Strengthen him. Are you getting the point? Somebody say focus. Listen to me. Anytime you have a plan. And you are sensitive to God by his spirit. And there's something you have to focus on. There will be distractions. There will be distractions. Distractions from your own desires. Distraction. Listen to me very carefully. There are things we all love. And they compete with our focus. Oh, hello. Things we love. And they compete with our focus. As a matter of fact, you know this is what you have to do. This is where I'm going. But your desires are also pulling you. And it is a time you want to say, oh, by the grace of God, I will pull through and focus on the task. And I will finish successfully. Grace is taking me there. And I will finish it well to the glory of the living Jesus. Sometimes it's your relatives. Oh yes. Because they are afraid for you. You are going to be a pastor. Hey. We took you to school. Look at your focus. When we thought you are going to bring some money. This thing. When, when, yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when is somebody going? And they call you and sit you down. You know what I mean. You know that this is what God wants you to do. You are focused on it. But your relatives look at the popular opinion. And they look at the professions that bring money. And they ask you why you want to join this one. Are you here with me? Am I speaking to somebody? Desires. Your desires. Your relatives. Sometimes your friends. 
No, your friends. These are the people you grew up with. And this is what everybody else is doing. And God spoke to you clearly for you to do this. And you know that he's really spoken to you. But this is where everybody else is going. I have a, a strong body. He's my body. We talk a lot. And from the day I said, this is what God said I should do, he's always been fighting me. I mean, he's always been fighting me. He said, this grace message thing. No. So are you bigger than all these great, great pastors who are, you think that If you do this thing, by the time you will be able to do what you have to do in your church, hey, it will take time. Oh. Because the people, they will not give. They won't give. Because you see, our people, they give because they want to get something. So you, you are talking about grace. God has given them already. <laughs> God has given them if God has given them already he has given them all and he's always been fighting me and listen to me some of you are going through stuff like that where you know this is where God is calling you to but the popular opinion is making you feel like you're a fool you're a fool Listen to me, but very soon they will see that <laughs> nobody works with God and fails. I said nobody works with God and fails. Listen, anytime I speak these things, I'm a witness to it. I'm a testimony to some of these things because I know when God speaks and you walk in God's footstep and you are focused, he takes you there. Listen, people will talk, but let them talk. Do you know that some of you, you have stopped what you are doing because of what people are saying? What? Really? Some of you are just trying to fit in. As a, as a matter of fact, do you know what you are asking? You are just asking and begging for acceptance. But don't forget that the acceptance of men, I said the acceptance of men is as fickle as human beings themselves. Oh, human beings change their minds like a clock. They are so fickle and they are so frail. Ah, you have acceptance with him. That should be enough. And when you have acceptance with him, very soon, those same people will follow you. Because he's the director of the hearts of all men. Listen. Men are not fickle because they want to be fickle. Men are fickle, including you, because God orders our hearts. So when a man focuses on God and what God tells him to do, he will order men to follow. He will order men to follow you. He will order their hearts to follow you. I tell them, who told you? That when people understand grace, they rather don't give. They give better. Because they know whatever they have is from him and not for them. As a matter of fact, they ask for riches not to enrich themselves. They ask for riches to enrich the kingdom. And to make sure a soul is saved. That becomes their focus. 
All they want to see is that the pastor is not making himself a self-styled, rich, wealthiest man. Because it doesn't become an example. Because if you said they should give for a modest life, and you are buying, um, what's the latest one? Eh? Maybach. What is that? You see. You know the latest, though. The top range. Then it becomes a problem. Are you getting the point? But the point is, when all of us understand that this thing is not about ourselves, we will not become like the rich fool. Keeping and keeping things for ourselves. He said, you would die this night. And all of these things that you have worked for. So we pray, yes, God, enrich us. But not for ourselves. But for us to be a blessing to the kingdom. Oh, praise the Lord. That is our focus. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by popular opinions. Popular opinions. Listen to me. You will see certain gestures that will make you feel little. And if you are not careful, that gesture alone will make you lose focus. Oh, hello. But keep on. It will pay off. I said it will pay off. Tell the next person it will pay off. It will pay off. <laughs> it will pay off. Look at look at John 16. John 16. 1 to 4. John 16, 1 to 4. Let's all read it. Look at what Jesus said. Go, I have told you these things so that you won't be staggered by all that lies ahead. Okay. For you will be excommunicated from the <laughs> synagogues. And indeed, the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing God a service. You remember what Apostle Paul did when he was saw. He was killing them with a pure conscience. In Acts 23, he said it clearly. He said, I thought I was doing a good service for God. In my conscience, it was clean. So you can do things with a pure conscience, but you are so wrong. And that's why we're careful by saying that by the way of the spirit, you are focused. Because you know this is what he wants you to do. Oh, praise the Lord. And he says, listen, when you are focused and you have to do what I have called you to do, this is what is going to happen. In the synagogues, they will excommunicate you. As a matter of fact, some of them will kill you by pure conscience. You see, when you have focused and God has told you to do something, there are people, you think they are your enemies. No, they are not your enemies. They are preservers of tradition. I'm sure I'm really speaking. Listen, they are preservers of tradition and custom. And for them, it is their duty to make sure that the tradition goes on. And who are you to come and change it? Who are you to come and break it? Are you getting the point? You know, I was telling this guy, I was telling him, I said, confession of sins. I said, it is psychological, it is not spiritual. He said, hey! Abomination. I said, apart from 1 John 1, 9, apart from that scripture, because Bible said, in the mouth of two witnesses. So listen, any scripture that you can use as doctrine, it must at least be twice. Give me another scripture 
that talks about believers confessing their sins. Give me. G -g -g Give me. He said, yeah. And then I took him through it. How even First John was written because of the Gnostics. And that scripture itself, look at it carefully. The next in Galatians talks about confessing to one another. And I said, so you think God, who you say has unconditional love, would have to wait and has told us we should forgive how many times? We should not wait for the one who trespassed against us to come and ask for forgiveness before we forgive them. We human beings should forgive in advance. And then he will ask us that until we have asked for forgiveness, we're not forgiven. So God is telling human beings to do something that he, God, cannot do. He says, for the believer, we have an advocate with the Father. And he cleanses our sins. So you see, the moment you sin, it's cleansed. Jesus doesn't have to die again to spill blood because the sacrifice as the high priest of the order of Melchizedek died once for all. So he took care of your past, present, future. That's why he said, after that, he said, boldly come before the throne of grace so that you would obtain mercy and favor to find help in time of need. If I have to pray for forgiveness before he hears me, it means that the Holy Ghost goes out of me and comes back. Tell somebody, focus. Listen to me very carefully. When God calls you for something, and you know God has called you for it, he will give you the wisdom for it. He will give you the grace for it. People will fight you because they don't have understanding. But as you continue, he will show himself strong. He said they will excommunicate you. The synagogues, they will call you, you are speaking heresy. What you are saying, hey, who is this Jesus you are talking about? Who is this Christ you are talking about? So he warned them ahead. I also came to warn you ahead that whatever God has called you to do, you will face detractors. Look at the next. This is because they have never known the father on. I told you, they are preservers of tradition. They didn't have understanding of whatever they were doing. Listen, there are a lot of people who don't have understanding about what they are doing. They are just following. And I'm telling you, people who just follow, they are dangerous. Oh, I'm not joking. People who just follow, hey, they are dangerous. They are dangerous. They are dangerous. Because for them, they, when we were growing, there were certain kinds of policemen. I don't want to mention any tribe here. But when they ask them to come and catch you, oh, what are you saying? <laughs> so, 
So when we're, when we're growing and you start misbehaving as if you don't understand things, my mom would say, are you that kind of? <laughs> if you are not careful and you have the same name with the one they asked to come and arrest, They don't ask, are you the one who did this? They don't ask. All they do is, hey, hey. The moment they, they, they close their ears, Master <laughs> say. All right. So there are a lot of people who are just followers. They don't understand. He said, they don't know me. And I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember I warned you. Can I please tell you when it happens, you know I warned you. When they are calling you name, listen, your dream will stand. It will become a reality. But listen, you will go through stuff. But you've got to push it. At, at a certain point, you wouldn't have money. Because the same people who have to even give you money are fighting your dream. And to seem as if you are left alone. But if you are with God, you are the majority. I'm telling you. You can fail. It's not possible. So you see, sometimes when you are focused and you are doing stuff and you are going through pain, there's that feeling that comes as if no, it is not the right thing. Because you are going through stuff. But let me tell you, whether you, you are focused or not, you will go through stuff. Oh yes. You will go through stuff. You will go through stuff. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. Oh, Praise the Lord. We thank God for Jesus' comfort. Let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. Luke chapter 12, 49, 51. Let's all go, go. I have come to bring fire to the earth. And oh, that my task were completed. There is a terrible baptism ahead of me. The one who is talking to us is telling us even he himself. He is focused. And whatever he is going to go through is like the baptism of fire. How I am pent up until it is accomplished. In other words, nothing is going to change my mind. This course, I will go through it. I speak into your life that that tenacity of faith comes into your spirit. Nothing will cause you to give in. Nothing will cause you to give up. They will fly missiles all over. But you're still pent up like Jesus. To take oh, and to take and to take. And you will take that step into the deep. And you will walk on forbidden waters. And you will do stuff that nobody else can do. Because you are pent up. It doesn't matter the baptism of fire. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He says, do you think I have come to give peace to the earth? No. Rather strife and division. Is Jesus very contradictory? He said, my peace, I live with you. So why is he saying, I didn't come? Because there are people who are going to fight the focus. So he's saying, it's not everybody who is going to follow. As you follow what I have instructed you to do, there's going to be strife and division. He goes even further and deeper. He said, from now on, families will be split apart. Somebody like Apostle Paul suffered this. Most of you thought Paul didn't marry. You can never be a Sahindrin and not marry. Paul married, but the wife left because of his faith. When people are focused, they don't care. They may lose what may seem to be their most treasure, but they know where they are going. Because God has put a seed in their spirit. Are you here with me? 
Jesus. He said, three in favor of me and two against me. So what it is, is that, listen, it may seem as if the majority is against you. It's not true. He said, you only see the two very loud, but three are for you. They may be silent, but they are for you. Are you getting the point? What it means is that no matter what, you'd always have the majority on your side. Or perhaps the other way around. A father would decide one way about me, his son and the other. The mother and the daughter will disagree. Somebody say focus. Somebody say focus. Somebody would have to be stubborn. I said somebody would have to be stubborn. Stubborn. And the decision of an honored mother-in-law will be spurned by her daughter-in-law. These two people, they already have problems. <laughs> hey, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, hey, <laughs> when this one comes inside, then the thing be another thing. Uh, oh, hallelujah. But look, look at what happens. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. This is what the believer does. This is the remedy. This is how we conquer. Let's all read this. Go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Hello. So you see that you have the majority. There are people who have already gone through the life of faith. Ah. And you have their support already. Hey. They are applauding and cheering you on. And they are saying, you can make it. Keep the focus. You can make it. Keep the focus. You can make it. Watch this. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Watch this. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Watch this. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Oh, hallelujah. Now, look, look at it. I love scripture. I love scripture. Look at what he tells us. He said, how do we do that? You see, the conservatives taught you that you would have to strip them off. But he's telling you how you strip them off. How the sin that easily besets you itself will drop. He says, we do this. What I have told you before. This is how you do it. We do this. By keeping our focus. Our eyes. On Jesus. The champion. Who initiates. And oh come on now. We do this. We do what I have told you. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who stripped off every sin, every weight, as we keep our eyes on him, they will be stripped off. Ah, and we shall run by his grace, by his enablement, by his empowerment. He shall perfect your faith. Oh, praise the Lord. So listen to me very carefully. You don't keep your eyes on your dream. You don't keep your eyes on your aspirations. You keep your eyes on Jesus. And 
in Jesus, your aspiration and your dream will show up. And it will be tuned to exactly how he wants it done. And he will give you the grace to also do it and finish it off. Listen to me. God's package of every good thing and everything he wants us to do is in Christ Jesus. So we don't keep our eyes on the things we want to do. We keep our eyes on him. And as we keep our eyes on him, we draw out everything that he wants us to do. Your problem is that you keep your eyes on the things. And you place importance on those things. And you reject him. That's why when you have a contract, you don't come to church. You see, we don't get it. Because this thing, we do it the other way around. Because your eyes are not on him. Your eyes and your desire are on the thing. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. So you delight yourself in him. He becomes your agenda. He becomes your focus. He becomes your inspiration. He becomes your objective. And every other goal falls in line. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come.